<laughs> Alright. Uh, Luke, I guess we're on a horse. It does sound like you've uh, put the sound effects in of us being on a horse for some reason. Why would we be doing that? I'd imagine we're trying to set the scene for a podcast about being Amish by placing ourselves on a Amish horse and cart. I think you're right. Sound effect paid for itself. Thank you very Thank much. You very All much. right. This week, the Amish. What are they about? Right, Don. Big, big topic today. Being Massive. Amish. This is. This. I got to warn you. I'm very interested in this topic, which always makes for a very boring episode. Just putting that warning <laughs> out there. I'm gonna have to re- rein you in at times. When Luke is passionate about a subject or he's really interested in it, he goes deep. He goes deep into these topics, and it's hard to pull him out sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I am mid rant, and I look across at Don, and he's popped one of those little hats on that people used to use to go to sleep in. Yeah. And he's got the pillow I'm holding out. a candle. I'm ba- holding a candle. I'm basically 18th century sleepy guy. Yeah. Is, uh, you are wee willy winky for a uh, short period. <laughs> while that's I- what the ladies say. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, they don't say that at all. <laughs> we maxi winky. If any, if that's, anything, right. that's right. <laughs> uh, I get it all out of my system and then you come back in with something that's <laughs> Amusing and entertaining. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> With no substance. <laughs> anyway. Before we get into the topic for today, though, yeah. what, what's what been up this week uh, for you, Don? I'm not happy. Lukey, I'm not happy. This is becoming a theme. I'm actually getting a little bit worried about you. I'm worried about my anger levels because I am absolutely ropeable at the moment, Lukey. I've been told multiple times that I have to stop using the word moist. Because you do, but... I what? do use it. <laughs> Listen, I use it excessively. It's true. Yeah. Apparently... Reminds people of vaginas and it makes them uncomfortable. Which is ridiculous because from my experience with vaginas, they're extremely dry. <laughs> extremely dry. That but, is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I've been blaming the drought. I do not know what to do with that. I do yeah. not know what to do with that. <laughs> when you say that you're not happy and you're a bit cranky, mm. I'm listening with legitimate concern and you've just turned this into a, a moment of stand-up. That's... Wow. Uh, did not. And <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Do you have anything, anything else you want to report from your week or should we start the, uh, the topic? No, no, I'm pretty good. Yourself? How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> good, good. Okay, let's get on with the topic for this week. Being Amish. What is that about? What is that about? Now, let's just have, a, let's have an analysis of what we knew about the Amish before the episode, before the research was done. Mm-hmm. What did you know? What, what was your main... Ideas about what the Amish were about. I didn't know a lot. The main idea was they almost like they're stuck in the 18th century. They don't have electricity. They don't have TV. They don't, you know, they've detached themselves from the modern world. But I think I knew that from things like The Simpsons and that weird Al Yankovic song about an Amish <laughs> paradise. Yeah, that's right. Can we, let's play a little bit of that because that is probably the first thing. I remember. I was probably like 11 when I bought that Weird Al Yankovic album. Mm. And Amish Paradise, to the tune of 
Coolio, uh, Gangster's Paradise. As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain, I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain. But that's just perfect for an Amish like me. You know I shun fancy things like electricity. At 4.30 in the morning, I'm milking cows. Jebediah feeds the chickens and Jacob plows. Fool, and I've been milking and plowing so long that even Ezekiel thinks that my mind is gone. I'm a man of the land, I'm into discipline. Got a Bible in my hand and a beard on my chin. But if I finish all of my chores and you finish thine, then tonight we're gonna party like it's 1699. It's a very educational song from Weird Al. It's entertaining and educational. Yeah, we just need to play that song, and that's basically the episode, I think. What were any you did you have any other Amish cultural references no not really like i beards without mustaches is one of the main ones which is very disturbing sensible pants bonnets and barns that's basically all i knew about the amish so you knew about the no mustaches thing i did yeah Mm. yeah yeah knowledgeable um so do we need to do a don's definition to to kick off the amish Okay, so the Amish are a group of people in the United States who follow simple customs and refuse to take oaths, vote, or perform military service. They shun modern technology and conveniences. Transportation for the Amish is by horse and buggy. They don't have electricity or telephones. Uh, The men usually wear beards and pants with buttons instead of zippers, which we'll get back to. And women (laughs) wear white head coverings and plain dresses, usually without buttons. No button privileges for the ladies. They use straight pins to fasten their clothing, and there's about 250,000 of them. Pants with buttons. What are your thoughts on those? <laughs> I love that you've, you've this, this whole kind of religious movement that is this anthrop- anthrop- <laughs> anthropology around this is so fascinating. Yeah. And your, your key thing to put a pin in and come back to is yeah. pants, with, pants with buttons. What's that about? Pants with buttons is dangerous. That is dangerous. That's the most disturbing fact of all, in my opinion. Whenever you buy a pair of jeans, like occasionally I've bought a pair of jeans and I've accidentally bought jeans that have button-up fly and not oh, zipper fly. Nightmare. It, for the whole life of those jeans, I am, I'm just ruining that decision. I hate them. You need to reserve those things for pyjamas only. It's a pyjama-only domain. Yeah. Because if you forget to do a button-up, that's fraught with danger for everybody. <laughs> That's imagine, all I'll say. Imagine that when the zipper was invented, because from what I was reading, the Amish aren't, you know, there's not a blanket we're against technology. Every new piece of technology they assess on a case-by-case basis around, mm. is it good for our community or is it is it going to, you know, bring in an element that's not helpful for us? So when the zipper comes in, they've decided, whoa, whoa, slow down, yeah. see, this is... <laughs> Those interlocking teeth are taking things too far. We need to... uh, (laughs) It's ridiculous. That's the work of the devil. We'll stick with the buttons, yes. uh, (laughs) Buttons and pins. (laughs) The women have to wear pins to do their clothes up. (laughs) To go back in history to how they formed, this guy in 1693 called Jacob Aman... Did you look into the three reasons why? So he was part of this Protestant group who um, they're called Anabaptists. So they don't believe in baptizing children. They want mm. you to wait till the person is old enough to know what they're consenting to. And yeah. so they usually baptize people when they're around 18 or so. Which interestingly is quite, if you say that now without the context of the Amish, it's actually quite a modern thing to do. 
waiting till they're old enough to choose themselves rather yeah. than getting them baptised at six weeks or whatever it is. Yeah, let's catch them before they know any better. They're kind of saying, yeah. let's let them make an informed decision and then mm. they need to take the personal responsibility that comes with the decision they've made. That's It does seem sensible, sensible on the surface. It does, yeah, yeah. But the guy, Jacob Amman, was part of this, this you know, Protestant group. And the, did you read the three reasons why he broke away from that group to create the Amish community? No. Let's, let's just talk through these three reasons. You would imagine there would be some pretty big ticket items if you're going to go and start your own religion on the side there, right? Yeah. Reason number one, the group that he was part of, they only did communion once a year. He wanted to do communion twice a year. <laughs> F this. That was like number one. Once, yeah, not that's... enough. It needs to be twice. <laughs> number two was around, you know, whether the group should socialize with non-believers. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, we shouldn't be socializing with anyone who doesn't believe the exact same things we do. All right. That one has a bit more weight to it. This third one's the kicker, though. The third one is... He wanted to be allowed to wash other people's feet. Really? Yeah. He's a footman. He's a, he's a footman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do we have a foot fetish uh, episode we could link back to? I don't think we do. No, we don't. So he's like, <laughs> communion once a year, not enough. I don't want to be socializing with anyone that doesn't believe what I believe. And three, if I can't wash people's feet, I'm out of here. Let's say... Uh, <laughs> What a strange man. Yeah. <laughs> he really wants to watch. I try to avoid people's feet at all costs. Absolutely. Yeah, particularly ones that need washing. I don't know what it is. Washed feet are bad enough. Unwashed feet? No, nah, I'm passing on that. Passing I'd rather have that. pants with buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it links back to there's some tradition around it being quite a significant act of humility to wash someone else's feet because there's no kind of more subservient thing you can do. Well, there is. Because, and that is, you know, we grew up in the Catholic Church. Yeah. And that was a thing in the Catholic Church as well. It's the yes. washing of the feet. I do remember seeing that. Yeah. I and still remember our dad did it and he, I'm like, Dad, why are you washing your feet? This is before we even left home. He was washing his feet, <laughs> yeah, a pre-wash. pre-wash. He did a pre-wash before the wash. I'm like, Dad, he's going to do it for you. <laughs> That's like when you clean the house before the cleaner comes over. That's like, exactly the same. That's not yeah. her job. <laughs> The, um, I remember seeing dad do that because it was like the classic dad that he had his own chair. If you were in his chair, you got kicked out of it. He always had yep. the head, the seat at the head of the dining table. To see him washing <laughs> someone else's feet was like, this is bloody weird. This is really weird. Now, like, he, was, he, was the, he was getting his feet washed, wasn't he? I think it was both. I think they, had, they, they did both sides. Really? It was like the time we saw him sitting in the back seat of the car, not the driver's seat. Oh, like, was weird. The world has <laughs> gone topsy-turvy. <laughs> the day you see your dad, even our you know, it was a traditional family. He was sitting in the passenger seat and mum was driving for some reason. I was like, what is going on? This is bizarro. It's... I still, I think I ended up in the fetal position. I just was, something wasn't right. Pants around my ankles. What's going on? <laughs> the world is about to explode because this makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> That's true. Um, so when that guy, that Jacob Aman guy, created his own group, he was obviously a minority and he's getting persecuted by other Protestants. So that's when they fled from Switzerland to the US in about 1727. And they kind of landed in Pennsylvania initially. So that's why 
you know, the bulk of the Amish community is in farmland in Pennsylvania. That's kind of how that that progressed historically. Right. Uh, let's have a chat about their clothing. This you, is, are you I back went, to buttons and zippers again? Is this the... Yeah, I, I'm stuck on the buttons. No. So, basically, the, this is what I read is the Amish are known for their plain attire. So, I'm like, oh, well, they're not that different from me, really, because I have the plainest attire in the business. The uh, the normcore don, as we have uh, discussed before. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it says men will wear solid coloured shirts, broad brim hats, and suits that signify similarity amongst one another. And Amish men grow beards to symbolise manhood, marital status, and promote humility. That all sounds so you, very sensible. It does. And the, they're forbidden to grow moustaches. Let's go to the moustache. Wow. They're forbidden to grow moustaches because they're seen as being affiliated with the military, which go against their pacifist beliefs. Yeah, they're pacifist to the extent that even in self-defense, they cannot, you know, um, do an act of violence. So they are like full-on pacifist to the point they don't even, um, you know, when conscription was going on and stuff, they were no part of it. So it's a big belief system. Yeah. And so women, they, they wear calf-length dresses, muted colors along with bonnets and aprons. Prayer caps or bonnets are worn by the women because they are a visual representation of their religious beliefs and promote unity through the tradition of every woman wearing one. Now, I reckon whoever made that rule up had shares in a bonnet factory. <laughs> I reckon they, they're just like, let's make, this, let's make this bonnet rule and get some, move some units. <laughs> <laughs> he stitched the market up there beautifully. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. And also, apparently, the colour of the bonnet signifies whether a woman is single or married. So how handy would that be? Well, this is, this back is in the, the day. Well, I just want to... We'll come back to this whole the whole gender kind of issue in the Amish community later once we get to the serious topics but the <laughs> the idea that if you're a single male you have no beard but if you're married yeah. you have a beard yeah. and then similar with the on the with the women with the the bonnet the clarity that gives you when you're a young person playing the field is beautiful it is but let's get up you know never had much success with the ladies certainly I've never tried it on and then she said sorry I'm married they're, they're just saying no regardless it's <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't matter. It's not like it's going to help me at all, but it's just good to know. It's just a bit of extra information. I think, and this is saying something. I think I had more luck with the ladies than I've had growing a beard. I think yeah, that's, that's true. the. Uh, <laughs> I would get married, and I would be like, "You meant to be growing a beard. You're single. I'm trying. I'm trying yeah. to grow a beard." <laughs> yeah, you'd never be a good Amish guy. The only thing that's in my advantage is I do get that wispy Abraham Lincoln style under the jaw beard, which. Does seem to be what most Amish people can grow as well. <laughs> Yours is kind of like you can see the skin underneath it, whereas theirs is actual beard. Yours <laughs> is kind of like a bit of fog around your mouth. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like it's a really winter, cold winter's day just around your mouth. It's <laughs> I'm just I'm just teasing people by letting them see a bit of skin. You don't yeah, want them to get <laughs> blocked out with air. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like a ghost is just in front of your face. It's. <laughs> It's like he doesn't want to move. He's just got a ghost there. Absolutely not true. Um, (laughs) Can we can we jump on to then Rumspringer? Oh, is his mate Rumspringer? What a time to be alive! (laughs) So, (laughs) tell tell the people what Rumspringer is. Okay, so Rumspringer is effectively this 
And I, I couldn't actually figure out how long it was. But when a kid turns 16 in the Amish community, after living under these quite strict sets of beliefs and, and ways of living, at 16, they enter what's called Rumspringer, where they're able to go and live like any other young person. And I wasn't sure if it was a year or, or a few weeks, or I'm not sure what the time period was. Yeah, I think depending on which group of the Amish you're in, there's multiple different groups who have different beliefs. And I think it could be anywhere from 14 to, to 16 or 17. Right. And so they have this period where, and there's lots of kind of um, documentaries and footage on online about it, where these Amish people will go out and they will go and live in the world and they'll drink and they will do drugs and they will just live like any other young person. And then when they return from Rumspringer, they face a decision do you want to stay as part of our community or not? That is so bloody interesting, that that decision point. And apparently they report that 80 to 90% of Amish kids choose to stay in the Amish community and only mm. you know 10 or 20% say, I like what I just tasted, I'm out of here. Yeah. And generally, I think the percentage is so high. I guess one... One theory could be because, you know, that's the life they grew up with and they prefer. The other is that if they choose not to, they're essentially leaving their family and they're not really going to have any contact with everything they knew before. So big pressure to remain just, you know, leaving your family is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the... um, And there's almost, again, there's probably a dark side of of the way the Amish community runs, which we can come back to. But it's it's kind of a false choice. You're right. Like, you're not going to sit there and go, I'm going to start my life again by myself and give up everything and everyone I've ever known. That's not, it's not really a a free will choice there. They've kind of, they've nudged you in a way where you're like, of course, I'm going to come back and join this. I'm not going to just go and live by myself in the wilderness. But even with Rumspringer, they don't all leave the community. A lot of them will just stay in the community, but it's kind of like they get a free pass. Yeah. So they can get up to all sorts of mischief and they really get it, you know, they get taken easy on. I guess it kind of acknowledges the fact that teenagers, most teenagers, go through this sort of rebellious phase where they test the boundaries and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of acknowledging that and letting them do it, basically. I think we've all done it to some degree. I reckon the only thing you would do on Rumspringer would be get the zippers in. You would be oh, not touching any thing. drugs or alcohol. Just <laughs> get some zippers on these pants and then that'll do me. I'll be just in the back streets and want some Zeds, mate. I got some good quality Zeds here. <laughs> you want some <laughs> um, and then did you look into the, the kind of the two types of exclusion that a kind of community member can have, the shunning and the excommunication? Yeah, I can't touch on it, but um, probably not as well as you. So I'm going to... I'm going to say no and see, <laughs> please enlighten me. So I think the first stage of, of the kind of like disciplinary action is what they call shunning, where you're still in the community, but people treat you very differently. Either they don't acknowledge your existence or they have minimal contact with you. And then they're trying to teach you, you know, we're punishing you for what you've done. You need to correct your actions if you want to be part of this community, but we're not getting rid of you entirely yet. And then the second level is excommunication, which is you're banished from our community and we have no further contact with you. And even your family, if they want to contact you, they're out as well. So the yeah, the, right. the stakes are enormously high if you don't follow their way of life. I think just having them live in the community and not acknowledge your existence, 
that's hard work for the Amish people. Imagine that. If you're like, why is that sugar bowl just floating there? <laughs> <laughs> just, that's weird. <laughs> anyway, let's move on with life. <laughs> Off to the barn. The like, if you when you draw the parallel, like that was our family. It's like, hey, no, no one can acknowledge Don from now on. Yeah, and then I'm just sitting at like the breakfast table, and you're going. Come on, like you idiot! Don't go along with this. And I just have to That's sit there and ignore you. I would, I would break in about twenty seconds. <laughs> It'd be kind of fun. It'd be great. Just you could just have fun with everybody for a bit. Can we just do a little bit of a? Uh, I'm just going to sound the alarm here around the. Uh, put your snooze alarm on. You might need to tune back in in, in two to three minutes. All right, I'm going to get my edit button ready, and I've got your back, guys. If it gets really boring. I'm gonna I'm gonna speed it up. <laughs> you could could you actually play it at like two times the speed so you can still hear it, but it's just a bit faster. Yeah, I could, but I'd, I'd appreciate it if you just spoke faster. That'd be better. <laughs> We'd all appreciate that, Luke. <laughs> the thing that's fascinating about the Amish is because they're a closed-in community where they effectively interbreed with each other. They're mm. genetically closed off. Yeah. And so that comes with it a whole bunch of interesting things around, you know, much higher risk for disorders like dwarfism. And apparently the Amish are quite good about letting scientists study their biology and their genes and their health to kind of figure out what's going on. And yet they won't take any action based on the results. So they don't, be- right? they don't believe in any kind of preventative health interventions um, in utero or anything. It's It's just... They're doing it for science, but they won't act on it, which is interesting. The other side of it, which is really interesting, because their lifestyle is so unique, where they're out in the field all day, they're not staying up late on screens, their sense of community is really strong. Um, there's a whole bunch they're of... They're eating organic, organic food organic that they've grown themselves. Yeah. They're almost like if there was a set of health guidelines around how you should live, like with exercise and diet and socializing and having a sense of purpose every day, they're ticking all the boxes. And so as a result of that, their rates of depression are half the American average. Their rates of suicide are half the American average. Their rates of tobacco-related cancers are like a third to a half less. Their cancer rates are only about 60% of the American average. So... Mm. These, the lifestyle-related health conditions are much lower in the Amish because they've created this unique little community. You'd have to look at how they were being assessed generally. Like, they're not going to as many GPs, I'm assuming. I didn't actually look into that. Are they going to as many doctors? Like, is it just that the diagnosis rates are lower of depression, for instance, or that no, the, the actual rates are lower? The stuff I was looking at, they were doing, like, genuine prevalence studies within the community and then comparing them to other communities. And there was a, there was actually quite a bit on Amish kind of um, participation in this kind of research. So they seem to be really willingly volunteering. It's almost like they know they're unique and they're wanting to find out more about themselves and the impacts of this kind of lifestyle they've created. And so you mentioned all these genetic conditions, um, which are pretty severe and nothing to make a joke about, but... They do have one thing, which is also severe, and I will make a joke about it. It's called maple syrup urine disease. That's a disease I can get behind. <laughs> maple syrup literally on tap. That would be great. 
What? Like, what oh, are the pancakes sim- again, Dad? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to the toilet, and then I'll come back and serve up. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> what are the symptoms? Is it, is it like extra viscous urine? What is the... Yeah, no. I think, <laughs> it's not funny at all, actually. It can be fatal. <laughs> but wow. I think it gets the name from... The urine has a quite a sweet... Um, quite a sweet smell to it. Right. Which is one of the early symptoms. And it, it, it is quite a severe disease. But, the, you know, like I've been to the toilet after you. You could do with a little bit of maple syrup urine disease <laughs> because it is pungent. Drink some more water, buddy. <laughs> if someone with that condition was listening to this and you're just yeah. making cheap pancake-related gags <laughs> of his or her suffering. Yes. <laughs> now, this, it is serious. Um <laughs> It's just a great name. It's one of the great conditions. Maple syrup urine disease. <laughs> the other, um, not health related, but with education, apparently they intentionally um, stop schooling at the eighth grade under the idea that most people are working a trade or they're a farmer and they kind of see there's no need to be educated beyond that. Whereas kind of critics of the Amish community view that as you're kind of limiting their ability to, you know, do high level thinking and question some of the beliefs that they're being taught. So you're kind of inbuilding this kind of conformity to the, uh, to the community by not educating them more. So there's kind of two sides to that argument. It's also an interesting aspect about their dating process. And so not having thought about it, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if like arranged marriage would have been a thing with the Amish, but it's not, mm. but they do have this thing, this dating process called bundling, which is when a boy and a girl who are dating, they have to share a bed for one night. Hmm. They're both fully clothed and separated, but they are sleeping side by side. Just like marriage. Boing. Nah, <laughs> not great. So <laughs> terrible. That is a dad joke. Is it? Just, that is a... Uh, like that the, is a Daryl Summers, who is a really bad TV host. He would make that kind of joke. <laughs> you even provided your own sound effect. That's excellent. I had to. I had to. <laughs> the, did you read that stuff about... How they're not allowed to sing or dance, and their their dolls don't have faces. So it's any of these expressions of the self that might result in jealousy or um, competitiveness or upward comparisons are kind of ruled out of the community. Just trying trying to keep everyone driven by down to earth values. Um, Which is actually, you know, it's kind of like the anti-Barbie, those dolls. Dolls without faces, just so, you know, there's not this aspirational ideal. Is, yeah. Um, it's not bad. It's, like it's, it's almost like they've anything that was like, you know, the first two or three rungs towards social media, they didn't let happen. And then we've gone a thousand rungs beyond that to social media, which is, you know, fairly awful in terms of social comparison. So, mm. yeah, a few little uh, notes we could take from the Amish there. Yeah. Did you look into crime at all? Crime in the Amish community? No, did you? I did. And so it's interesting. They've got murder, which is practically completely unheard of in Amish communities. A lot of other crimes are prevalent. And so the Amish, they're like a patriarchal society. So sexual abuse is through the roof, including incest and pedophilia. But it's really hard. A lot of the cases of of all these crimes don't make it out of the community. And so rape is actually quite prevalent in the Amish community. Um, and the rapist, this is the punishment, the rapist is banned from church activities for six weeks until he shows that he is genuinely sorry. Oh, jeez. That's, that's the uh, the punishment. 
And so the same punishment is leveled for drinking alcohol. Like that's Oh wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's the thing that was in that's probably the, the biggest kind of uh internal kind of contradiction I was getting from reading about the Amish was on the one hand, there's almost like this this darker, sinister underbelly where it's this male dominated, women are suppressed, everyone's yeah. controlled, like a really awful cult. There's kind of there's that side of it. Absolutely. And a lot of it just wouldn't make it out of the community. Like they'll just keep it all in house yeah. and not tell anybody. That's right. And I've heard a few podcast interviews with people who have left the Amish community speaking about it like you hear people talk about awful, awful cults. Like people have, yeah. have terrible experiences there. And then on the flip side, there's this part of me that's kind of almost a bit jealous around they live these slow, simple lives. They're not chasing their emails all day. They're not always working. They're not as stressed. They have really good senses of community when, you know, no one has to buy a house. The community comes together to build someone a house when they're married. There's all this stuff that just seems amazing. And because of that, they've got all these, you know, some health improvements that aren't genetically determined. But so you have these kind of two different sides of the story. And I always just just think, oh, could we just pick the the good bits out of it? And like, I'm quite interested in this kind of slow living movement around how do we just slow life down a little bit? And the army... Is your your life really that fast? Oh, mate. It's like (laughs) a bloody... uh, It's big time. (laughs) <laughs> Mine needs to be a bit faster. I'm trying to speed it up, if anything. <laughs> it's not that fast. Although the funny thing is I have... You know you read about people like Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg who decide they're going to wear the same thing every day and to just eliminate <laughs> Did one... they actually do that? Absolutely. Like Steve Jobs went through a, a period where he wore the same T-shirt, not the not the same item, but he only bought like seven white T-shirts and right. he bought a few pairs of blue jeans. And every day he wore a white T-shirt and blue jeans. On What's the, age- the theory there? Because I know I know we've spoken about this off off air and mm. you're doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. Then what 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 is what have you chosen as your your look? <laughs> the just to jump back one second. So the reason they do it is just to, to take away any decisions in the day that aren't essential for what they want to achieve. Right. Because they have to make so many decisions, they just want to have to just reduce the cognitive load a little bit. Yeah. Just, um, but then for me, I don't really have to make many high-powered decisions. And yet... <laughs> You've gone with black t-shirts and jeans. Is that right? Yeah. Black t-shirt, very jeans. And maybe, How many black t-shirts do you own? At the moment, I own five black t-shirts. Wow. And tell me, can you try and guess how well you know me? Mm. What is the real reason I've chosen black t-shirts? Crappy body. (laughs) (laughs) The reason you choose a black t-shirt is probably the exact same reason that I have a large amount of black (laughs) t-shirts. It's it's because it conceals. It's It's, a little bit concealing. It's a great concealer. It's one of the great concealers. It is so much easier to buy a black t-shirt than it is to lose weight. It is so much yeah. easier. <laughs> when was the last time? Oh, you do you have white t-shirts as well? I got I have two white t-shirts. But I don't have the confidence uh, as I do with my black t-shirts, that's for sure. It's rough because I tell you what. If somehow you come in contact with some water, 
That's a wet t-shirt competition right there. That is dangerous. <laughs> that is very dangerous. <laughs> the um the only last question I've got about the Amish, when I thought about it, I'm like, so they're they're effectively stuck in a time period of the 18th century. Yeah. Because they're anti-new technology that isn't useful to them. Well, that's another point because there's multiple different Amish groups. And I found a little chart where it it sort of breaks down all the different groups and what they do and don't allow because it's not they're not all anti-electricity. There's one Amish group that just allows everything. So what which makes is quite them Amish? Well, I guess it's through the religion. Ah, okay, right. But most do. But there's actually if you get to go to the Wikipedia, hmm. there's quite a lot of. Uh, I think there's about seven or eight different communities, and it just breaks it up. Electricity generators. Do they or do they not allow? Ah, interesting. Them in their community. It's yeah, it's super interesting. Um, I don't use Wikipedia for my sources. Let's just get that clear up front. <laughs> the um, thing that's interesting, because yeah, I read something saying that they their dairy farms are run using modern equipment. And so I guess you're saying it depends on the community because yeah. apparently like the, the FDA were not letting them do the old school way because of health and hygiene. So they had to get all this new technology in just so they could survive through their, you know, dairy farming. Yeah. But that idea, though, around they're living in that 18th century lifestyle and then it's a case-by-case decision. Mm. That in, an, in and of themselves, starting in the 17th century, if someone's living in the 10th century, the Amish are looking pretty high-tech space age. Absolutely. So where's your cutoff, Amish? Like the, the wheel was a modern invention. It just seems like they've arbitrarily gone starting from now. That's kind of, that's what they've done. Yeah. That's all they've done. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Mate, I it's always, to... I'm full of interesting little points like that. <laughs> <laughs> and the good thing is, you know, whenever we do a, a topic on a community, we kind of get a little bit worried that someone will hear it and take offense. And we don't really want to cause offense to anyone. Not going to happen with the Amish. So... <laughs> Unless it's one of those groups that allows everything. Yeah, that's the Kelowna group. I was just looking up here. They'll be after us. So, Kelowna group, none, no other Amish groups use a tractor for field work, except for the Kelownas. It's bloody Kelownas. Ah, oh, mate. If I was going to join the Amish, uh, there's no zipper section on it, but I would look into that before joining. <laughs> Start with the Kelownas, and then there's no point going anywhere. If they don't allow zippers, don't bother talking yeah. to the rest of them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, that's all I think I had on the Amish. Anything else on your side? No, not really. I think we've, we've covered everything. That was a... Uh, that was a deep dive. That was a deep dive into the Amish. It was. It's a long episode, um, but a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So before we finish up for today, we're going to experiment with a new little segment. And do we have a theme song for this stuff? We don't have a theme song, but I think I might put in some cool background music just to lighten the vibe a little bit. Alrighty, let's uh, let's go with that. So the uh, the theme is, hey, what am I eating? <laughs> Did you? <laughs> hey, what am I eating? Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Okay, I'm not sure if the hey is hey comma or hey exclamation mark. Yeah, what am I eating? <laughs> exclamation mark. Hey, what am I? Eating? Hey, what am I eating? <laughs> the backstory to this one is we had a phone call the other day where I was munching away on something. And we got about 45 minutes worth of enjoyment out of you trying to guess what I was eating. Yeah, that, that was one of the great days. <laughs> one of the great conversations. Now, 
We're under no illusions. This is going to be gross. So <laughs> this is the end of the episode. If you if if you've made it this far, thank you so much. You you don't need to hang around for this. This is this is for me. Like we're going to basically eat something on mic, and uh, we'll you know try and guess what it is, and. <laughs> This will not happen again, but we've got to do it because no one listens anyway. So we're not going to scare the listeners away. But the this does remind me back to the when we were kids, and you used to you used to be quite a you used to eat with your mouth open quite often and quite loudly. Yeah, to the point it helps that with the taste. I used to have to go and eat my breakfast in my bedroom because I couldn't handle you eating with your mouth open so grossly. So I don't know why I'm opening this wound and walking back into this scenario. I just thought you used to sleep in all the time. That was what I thought. Luke's getting up at ten AM again. Welcome to the Welcome to the land of the living. Alrighty. You you wanna go first? I can go first. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Apologize to the listeners. Here we go. Let's see what I'm eating. hey. Luke, what am I eating? Here we go. <laughs> that is so gross. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you uh can you do one more munch on that for me? <laughs> okay, hang on. Okay, you ready? Yep. Okay. Okay, so let's just go through the process of elimination here. It's, <laughs> it's quite dry. It sure is. It's a dry bit of food. <laughs> Uh, my first thought was actually it's Nutri-Grain for some reason. Interesting. It just seemed like, you know how there's got those, little, those three little holes in the Nutri-Grain? And Nutri-Grain's very dry. It does mm. give a loud crunch. You had a solid crunch going on there. I did. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a pot-like guess of Nutri-Grain. That is incorrect. Is it a, bis- is it a dry biscuit? It is, but what sort? Now I'm going to give you a... Do you want a hint? Yeah, give us a hint. Because there's a lot of... I'm going to give you a hint. And this is the sound. It's not me. It's not entering my mouth. This is a sound you can choose to do if you want to. You ready? Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? No. Nah, do it again. Uh, I can't do it again because it's a one-time deal with this biscuit. You, did you lick the biscuit? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't lick the biscuit. <laughs> uh, there's a there's an option in this biscuit to... Scot- to is make, a scotch finger? To, it's a scotchy finger. Uh, it is. <laughs> to make it... I was trying to think of like... Some weird analogy without giving it away. Uh, Scotch finger, not bad. One of the great. It's a good biscuit. Uh, it's a solid biscuit. I don't come across yeah. many uh, <laughs> yeah, Scotch fingers. Ah oh, no, that's one of the mainstays in my cabinet. <laughs> yeah, Scotchies. Alrighty, get all right, this, here get, we go. Get this around your ears. I'm hey. gonna turn the volume up here. Yep. Hey, what am I eating? Hey, good. All right. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Keep. No, man, that's a soy crisp if ever I heard one. Soy crisp? Like nope. a soy... Nope. I feel sorry for your wife having to put up with that every <laughs> evening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you eating with your mouth open or shut? I'm, I'm doing it open again. Uh, that is just disgusting. I'm just okay. worried you wouldn't be able to hear it, so I gave it a little bit of extra jump. You sure did. Okay, can you do another one? <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> I turned the volume up. I had to turn it back down again. <laughs> Do you want extra chomp or normal mouth closed chomp? Nah, give me an extra chomp. 
a ridiculous segment. Okay. Um, it sounds small. Is it small? Is it, is it one small thing? It sounds thing like or many it's a things? many small things. It's many small things, yep. Yeah. Is it nuts? No, it's a bit too crunchy for nuts. Oh. Is it a rice snack? A little rice snack. You know those little weird glazed rice things? Go back to nuts. What, okay. ki- what kind of nut? That's a bloody peanut, mate. <laughs> it's a cashew. It's a cashew. Yes. Well played. Thank you. And that's it. Let's never do that again. That it was, was fun. Genuinely it was disgusting, though. But it was gross. Should have done it on the ASMR episode that we did. <laughs> that would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. You'd be getting so many tingles. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to me munch down on a scotch finger. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right. Let's let's call it. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for hearing us with our, hey, what am I eating? And give us a review. Please give us a review. Tell your friends. I think I'd prefer a review than your friends, actually. <laughs> if, you, if you're narrowing it down to, you've only got time for one thing. Do a review. iTunes or wherever you want to review something. Productreview.com. Good. What are you talking Yelp. about? Do we have Yelp review? in Australia? Yeah, your productreview.com. No. What is it? Just review any product at productreview.com. <laughs> the website describes exactly what it does. <laughs> Product review. What does that do? <laughs> what is that website about? <laughs> is it preview? Yeah. <laughs> Non-products? I don't know. <laughs> Is that about products or not? And what <laughs> do people review them or do they not? I don't get it. <laughs> Productreview.com. Anyway, not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> probably should have asked you for a review before, hey, what am I eating? I think that's going to lose anyone. <laughs> a review after that segment is not going to be a good one, if there is one at all. But <laughs> we've got that in the wrong order. That is terrible. Yeah, maybe I'll re-edit that later. We'll see. <laughs> okay, thanks right. for listening. We'll be back at some point with another another episode. All right, catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Okay.